On today's Fantasy Baseball in 15, we'll look at the suddenly revamped Astros rotation. Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. <laughs> I have That's not had uh, three go-throughs yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. Welcome to Fancy Baseball in 15 for Thursday, May 27th. I'm Al Melchior, and this show is presented by Tops. Check out Tops Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Tops baseball cards. So I'm here with Michael Beller, and Michael, the injuries just keep piling up. Uh, a lot to get to today, but let's start with the Astros because they've got some moves coming up that are really going to make a difference uh, for a lot of people in the fantasy community. Uh, Framber Valdez is going to make his season debut on Friday against the Padres. Uh, so this is something that we've been anticipating, but happening sooner than it looked like initially it would. Uh, but then Lance McCullers leaving the rotation, going to the injured list with a sore right shoulder. It could be a minimum 10-day stay for McCullers. And then meanwhile, Jake Odorizzi is scheduled to come back on Saturday. Jose Urquidy possibly next week. And Christian Javier to the bullpen. So, I mean, this is just a lot to digest here. But keep in mind that McCullers may be coming back very soon. So you've already got Javier out of this really crowded rotation. I don't know who goes when McCullers comes back. I'm right there with you. I mean, I really like, I don't even know if I have a, a strong guess at it because it's like, like even Christian Javier is hard to push, but you can see the argument for him being a guy, especially when you have too, too many starters. Um, whoever, like Urquidy, Framber Valdez, like Oda Rizzi, like, like it, there's really not a great answer here, which is pretty awesome for the Astros in real life. Uh, but it's it's going to be a, a bit of a problem for us in the fantasy world. And I, I mean, I truly don't know who it's going to be. I guess I would guess Urquidy, but like, that's truly just a guess. Like, I, I really couldn't say who it's going to be. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, maybe we could uh, consider Luis Garcia. But then again, when you figure that he first of all, he's pitched really well, including on Wednesday and that. He got the nod over Christian Javier. You know, who's to say that Garcia wouldn't stay in favor of somebody like Urquidy? It's, you know, we'll yeah. just have to pay attention to this. But, I, you know, unless you've got Lance McCullers or, a, uh, well, I would think Framber Valdez would probably stay in and uh, Zach Greinke, yeah. of course. But, Zach you know, Greinke. otherwise you kind of have to, yeah, you kind of have to look and see how this develops because uh, maybe you lose a starter, you know, for no reason other than the Astros once again are are loaded. Uh, we also have some Astros bullpen news. Ryan Presley is day-to-day with the stiff neck, so that is why he did not get the save on Wednesday against the Dodgers. It was Brian Abreu. Uh, so a stiff neck, you would think, is something that's not going to keep Presley out for too long, but we'll track that uh, along with all the bull- or with all the uh, rotation developments. So like I said before, lots to get to here. So a couple of other rotation developments here. Marco Gonzalez could return to the Mariners rotation as soon as June 1st against Oakland. Denelson Lamette is already listed as the Padres starting pitcher against the Astros this Friday. So we just talked about him. Michael on a recent show is a reliever, but looks like he's back in the rotation. Maybe, maybe just for uh, short stints, but we'll see. And Alec Manoa, his debut has unfortunately had to be postponed uh, due to a uh, weather postponement for the uh, Blue Jays and Yankees. So they'll have a doubleheader on Thursday. Manoa will debut then in game one. And in some Yankees news, Corey Kluber, he is going to be shut down for four weeks 
with a subscapularis strain and also Luke Voigt to the IL with a grade two oblique strain. So back on the IL for Luke Voigt. Updates here on Marcelo Ozuna and Nick Senzel. They're going to both be out for an extended period. Uh, Ozuna with the dislocated fingers out for at least six weeks. Senzel is going to have arthroscopic knee surgery this Friday. He will miss four to six weeks. Some Giants developments here. Brandon Belt to the IL with an oblique strain. He was replaced on Wednesday by Darren Ruff, who then left the game early against the Diamondbacks with his own injury, a hamstring injury. Jason Vossler replaced him. So we may be looking at Jason Vossler now as the Giants' first baseman. We'll have to see what happens with Ruff. Luis Arias to the uh, injured list with a right shoulder strain. Nico Horner to the IL with a hamstring strain. Also Austin Hayes on the IL now with a hamstring strain. And David Dahl to the eye out with a rib cage contusion. Uh, Jordan Alvarez scratched for the Astros on Wednesday with the sore right wrist. Byron Buxton will not be back as initially hoped sometime this week. He will not be back uh, going on a rehab assignment. Uh, so that has been delayed. And the Mets, more injury news, hard to believe. Dominic Smith uh, has, is now out with a knee contusion. And to beef up their uh, depth such as it is, the Mets acquired Billy McKinney. Uh, from the Brewers in exchange for minor minor league left-hander Pedro Quintana. Michael Kopech left uh, the White Sox game against the Cardinals on Wednesday with hamstring sore- soreness. He is day-to-day. Deep breath, Michael. Man, a lot to get to there. <laughs> Just crazy, these injuries, the way they've piled up this season. I think pretty much everyone, if you're playing fantasy baseball, I bet you've got, what, what do you think the average um, fantasy baseball manager IL number is right now like three. I would possibly go higher, and I did a little <laughs> bit of roster management this morning, cutting some <laughs> yeah. players from IL to make room for other players on the IL. So it's crazy. And I, sure, I'm not alone to that. It is absolutely crazy. Well, let's uh, look at some positive de- developments here, Michael. Let's take a look at the Wednesday games and some of the players who stood out. A couple of hitters. Uh, one. Uh, who I mentioned actually in a recent column, Toddy, Tommy Edmond, and I mentioned him for having an extremely low barrel rate. He homered a couple of times against the White Sox. We'll we'll get back to that uh, Cardinals-White Sox game because there's another player who stood out there as well. But Juan Lagares uh, getting a lot of regular play for the Angels with Mike Trout out and hitting pretty much in the middle of the order, fourth or fifth of late. A couple of hits against the Rangers on Wednesday. He's now batting 286. And I know he's a deep league guy, but worth noting that in this little bit of playing time that he's getting, he's got a 95.5 mile per hour average exit velocity on flies and liners. So I'm not sure where the power is coming from, but it just seems like he's, he's locked in for the time being. Also, if you're looking for a short-term outfielder, you know, the glove is going to play for Ligares. That's always been the case for him. So something that uh, Joe Madden has always prized, whether in Tampa or Chicago, he likes that outfield defense. Ligares can provide it. So at least he's probably going to get a continue getting a shot in short term. We'll see what happens with, Brandon Marsh, Joe Adele, that when those guys come up. But right now, I think you can have Juan Ligaris as a short-term roster band-aid, and a lot of us need it right now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I uh, just put a bid in for him exactly for that reason, to replace a couple one of a couple of injured outfielders. Hopefully, uh, hopefully that bid will go through for me. Uh, so as I mentioned, Tommy Edmond in that game with a couple, or in the rather the Cardinals-White Sox game with a couple of home runs. Uh, John Gant, we talked about on the Wednesday episode, Michael, and, you know, both kind of 
dismissed him as a streaming possibility. We did it at our own risk. He threw five scoreless innings, uh, five hits, the three walks, though, still walking batters, only three strikeouts. So he's improbably pitching really well for for the Cardinals. Uh, Does this change your mind at all? No, not not (laughs) in the least. We were right. If you give up eight base runners in five innings, typically that's going to hurt you. John Gant keeps walking between the raindrops, but eventually the storm's <laughs> going to catch up to him. All right. And yeah, I mean, outdueling in a sense, uh, Carlos Rodon, who had another <laughs> yeah. fantastic start. So no doubts about Rodon, uh, but John Gant somehow keeps on doing it. I just want to make a mention here, too, of Mike Miner, because I don't feel like we talk about him often, but he's just super consistent and had a good start uh, against the Rays, uh, going five innings, just one run allowed, a couple of hits, four walks for Miner. Not that that's something that's usually a problem for him on a Gant-like scale, but nine strikeouts for Miner. And this is just kind of what he does. I mean, the strikeout's a little bit higher, but, you know, roughly a, a strikeout per inning, maybe a little bit more. Uh, it just kind of gets it done. And he's kind of that typical, you know, two-start streamer kind of guy. He's not quite maybe good enough to have in every week, but is, is worth maybe stashing on your bench if you have the room. A uh, couple of uh, younger starters who uh, fared very, very well on Wednesday, James Caprillion, uh, going seven innings against the Mariners. I mean, this is one, you know, you and I, I think we pretty much agreed on Michael was a, a good looking streaming option. Seven scoreless innings, just four strikeouts though, but two hits, two walks, a good overall line for Caprillion. Tristan McKenzie back with uh, the Indians uh, due to that Zach Plezak injury and a good return for him. Now still three walks and five innings. So, I mean, he's he's got a walk problem too, but only one hit, five strikeouts at Detroit. You can certainly look at the matchup there. And, yes. and think, okay, McKenzie, next time out, is it's going to be back to what we saw before. Uh, do you see it that way, or do you think that he's worth another shot? I think he's worth another shot, and I'm interested in both of these guys. Um, you know, They're still both sitting around, well, at least Comprellian sitting around a 30% roster rate uh, across the fantasy baseball industry. If you are someone who uh, is looking for a full-time long-term replacement for, um, for Corey Kluber, I think these are guys who are in that discussion. You could obviously use the the spot to stream uh, and not lock someone in, but if you are of the mind that you'd rather lock someone in, I think guys like this, Albert Alzali, readily available and can definitely be guys who stick on rosters for the remainder of the season. All right. Well, I have to wonder if uh, maybe that's somebody that replaces Chris Paddock, and I say that because he had a good, at least on the surface, a good start at Milwaukee, going six innings, just allowing one run on two hits with no walks, but only two strikeouts, and he's not really been getting the strikeouts, uh, particularly lately, the month of May, a very nice-looking 142 ERA, but just... um, 14 strikeouts in 19 innings, getting a lot of help on balls and play. Do you have concerns about him? I think we have to with uh, Denelson Lamette getting a start on Friday. We were not exactly sure what the Padres were going to do long-term with Lamette, but it didn't feel like he was going to be someone who was in their bullpen for the entire season. So let's say Friday is his full-on re-entry into the rotation. Who comes out? I mean, it's really there's only a there's only two options here, and Paddock is one of them. And so I think you have to be concerned. I mean, he's it it feels like a true fifty fifty chance, similar to what we talked about with the Astros at the top of the show. And I mean, this has been now a years long problem with Paddock not quite living up to the rookie year numbers that he proje- that he posted for this team. So I think if I'm invested in Chris Paddock, I'm definitely worried about him suddenly not being a starter anymore. 
All right. Yeah, I think if, and for good reason. Uh, well, I think we can very quickly talk about the streamers on Thursday because uh, I think your options here are limited, but I think two of the better options are facing each other, Brady Singer and Shane McClanahan, uh, pitching respectively for the Royals and Rays. And then we've got Spencer Howard back in the Phillies rotation. He's got the Marlins in Miami, so at least you have to like the matchup there. And Tyler Anderson, he's featured frequently in this segment. He gets the Cubs... And as we mentioned on a recent episode, not a team really to pick on anymore, but Anderson's been been good very often. So Singer, McClanahan, Howard, Anderson, do you like any of them to stream on Thursday? Anderson's had some good starts against the Cubs, too, already this season. This is already like the 11th game the Cubs and Pirates have played against one another yeah. on the year. So they're quite familiar with each other. I'm with you. If I'm looking to do the streamers, I'm looking in that first game. Singer and McClanahan would be at the top of my list. That would be exactly in the order you listed. Then I would go Howard. Then I would go Anderson. All right. Yeah. And Brady Singer, too. I think another one uh, that maybe isn't getting the love due to the ERA. Uh, but yeah, take a, look, take a deeper look at Singer stats. Really having a great season so far. All right, let's uh, talk about the players who are heading up and down in this week's stock watch. Dansby Swanson, I know he was a preseason favorite of yours. He's now on a seven-game hit streak. Uh, prior to uh, uh, Wednesday's game, uh, Swanson was 11 for his last 23 with three home runs, only four strikeouts. So it looks like he's finally warming up. And Patrick Corbin, his last three starts, a 4.08 ERA, but... Uh, a 14.8% swinging strike rate. So he's finally getting the swings and misses. Uh, so Swanson and Corbin, are they just good to go and, and to lock them in into your, your lineups every week? Swanson, yes. Corbin, I guess, yes. But I'm still wary of him. Um, you know, He's still so dependent on getting chase against that slider. And he's just so dependent on that slider doing all the heavy lifting for him. And it's just very hard for me to trust a one-pitch guy who has shown what happens when that pitch doesn't work for him. So I guess yes, but I mean, I'm still tempering my expectations for what the rest of his season looks like. All right. And on the downside, DJ LeMahieu, who's just had a rough go this season so far, eight for his last 41 with just one extra base hit in that stretch, which was a double, just one barrel in that stretch. And this one goes out to Derek Van Riper. He is not a Cole Irvin guy. He's been very vocal about that on this show and uh, does look like uh, it. maybe it's time to, to cut Irvin. Uh, last four starts. 22 and a third innings, but only eight strikeouts. A decent contact rate in the zone, but uh, you can probably find better options. But what about LeMahieu? What do we do with him at this stage? Yeah, really hard one to figure out. This was one I uh, kept selling uh, in years past, thinking like, DJ LeMahieu, you can't keep playing this far above his head or seemingly above his head. And took the L on that in a big way, and now we see what's happened to him this season. I think he's ultimately going to be fine, though. I mean, I guess with uh, with the way his season's gone, we get to this point, people really like to start thinking about trades. Uh, one of the first people I'd be going to is seeing if the uh, DJ LeMayu manager is soured on him because it's just hard to see him have the seasons he had in these last couple of years and then totally fall off the map. That just that just doesn't add up. So I would bet on a very strong f- back two-thirds of the season for DJ LeMayu compared with what he's done with the first third. All right, so maybe an opportunity there for you in, in your leagues. Uh, so that's going to be all for this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. And we we would ask that uh, if you have a chance to rate and review this podcast, uh, that you do so. And we thank you in advance for doing so. So for Michael Beller, I'm Al Melkier, and we'll be right back here on Friday. <laughs>